0: Hello, oh, and welcome to another edition of Interviewing the Legends, brought to you by the Publicity Works Agency, devoted to promoting musicians and authors worldwide. Call us today at 941-877-1552 to start your free publicity evaluation. Remember, we shine only when we make you shine. Please welcome the host of Interviewing the Legends, music journalist, author, and entrepreneur, Ray Shasho Yay.
1: Hello once again, everyone. I'm your host, Ray Shashow. Welcome to another edition of Interviewing the Legends on BBS Radio TV. And it's brought to you by the Rockstar Chronicles, Series 1, my new book, featuring over 45 intimate conversations with the greatest music legends the world will ever know. It's available now at bookbaby.com and amazon.com. Michael Sadler co-founded Saga with Jim Crichton in Toronto, Canada, circa 1977. As primary singer and songwriter, his voice remains a key part of their signature sound. Michael is a critically acclaimed artist and is notable for his dynamic stage presence. He is in demand as a featured singer and collaborator by many of his peers. He left the band in 2007 after 30 years and returned in 2011. Michael Saller has had an impressive track record to fall back on from his beginnings as the lead singer of the Canadian rock outfit in 1977 Through his many guest appearances with Justin Hayward, Bobby Kimball, Ozzy Osbourne, Chain, and many, many others. Sadler consistently proves his knack for crafting high-quality songs that combine irresistible melodies with great lyrical detail. It has earned him respect from his peers, praise from critics, and admiration from his devoted fan base. Please welcome the voice of legendary Canadian progressive rock band Saga, Michael Sadler, to Interviewing the Legends. Hello, Michael. Good
2: evening, Ray. How are you?
1: We're doing fine. We're actually doing a doubleheader today. We're doing a live interview with you on Station One, and I've got Walter Egan on Station Two. I did an interview with him last week. Oh, wow. And- I mean, I mean good company good company huh
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: i want to chat right off the bat about symmetry i gave it 5 stars it's an awesome album thank you uh it's the 23rd studio album by the rock band it it was released i guess in march of 12th of 2021 contains acoustic versions of previously released songs some in the form of melodies or Um, With new interludes, Uh, the idea originated in the 40th 40th anniversary tour of uh, 2017, where the band would perform acoustically as their own support band, Pockets. And uh, you once said, Saga's biggest problem uh, is that we occupy a gray area. Uh, We're not quite prog enough for the purists and not heavy enough for the hard rock crowd. We're too tough to pigeonhole well let me tell you man you hit it right on the nose with progressive rock on this album it is incredible i love it thank you thank you it was a fun record to make and it was um
2: you know tough times uh require tough decisions and uh we had been as you said we opened for ourselves on that tour doing um uh acoustic versions that's where the idea was kind of born right and then suddenly we find ourselves in the midst of the COVID, uh, you know, pandemic shutdown, um, stay at home orders. And we thought, well, what better time to work on this album, this kind of album than mm-hmm. right now? Because it's not the kind, I mean, I would not attempt to do a brand new full on uh, Saga album this way where right. you're everyone's at home doing it and you're sharing files and that you need the band together to work out stuff and then to really, you know, iron out songs and beat them up and, you know. Um, But this was perfect because these were songs that we've been playing for a very, very long time. Uh, Some of them since since the very beginning. And uh, it really was... So, I mean, in other words, the band knew how to play these songs. Mm -hmm. There was no question about, like, going in and what are we going to do in the studio. Uh, uh, We were very more than familiar. So it was really up to the individual player to reinvestigate his own part in that kind of a lineup that kind of a, a acoustic setting um a lot of the the uh, melodies if if for example wind him up i had to mm-hmm. reinvent a little bit because you can't sing full uh, voice in some parts it, it just doesn't suit the the the, uh, the the bed track that you're singing with right um and then to go falsetto it didn't make sense so i would have to actually adjust the melodies accordingly and to suit the mood of the music, too. Uh, once in a while, changing some lyrics here and there. But like I say, I mean, it's really up to everyone to to look at their own part and try and integrate a new way of of approaching it to to suit the overall sound. I think between, I mean, the vocals were tough to do, but I think Ian Crichton had, had a, mm-hmm. a hell of a job. I mean, you're, you're taking all of his, his signature, the way he plays electric guitar, it's just, it's you know, um, and, and reimagining that all on acoustic, I think he had the toughest time, and mandolin, and 12-string, and, you know, and that, I think he had a, a really tough time um, trying to adjust it to that kind of setting, and, the, and a completely different style of playing, because you can't, like, wind out, you wouldn't think, on an acoustic guitar, but I mean, right. I listened to, like, The End of Tired World, and he's just burning, but on acoustics, it's like, wow! <laughs> um, but it was it a was perfect time to make this kind of record, and It's funny because we were about to release it and the the, the overall, uh, there were snippets coming out, the the word acoustic, and people Mm -hmm. were expecting, oh, it's just going to be an acoustic uh, rendering of existing songs, but it's much more than that. And I tried to tell people that from the offset. And I said, well, you know, I'll let you be the judge. You'll hear this. It's a different kind of records.
1: This is my favorite kind of saga, this album.
2: Really? Really?
1: Yeah.
2: It's funny funny because um, when you break it down like that, I mean it's um, bare bones plus. I mean mm-hmm. there's you know the, the added uh, the cellos and the and the fiddle, but um, you're more under the microscope, Right. and um, it, it really even for ourselves it really brings attention to some of the more uh, musical bits and and you know mm-hmm. the vocals and and lyrics especially in that. So it it really was a chance to really uh, you know check out what these these. Uh, what these songs were all about you know and go wow you know we were pretty tricky when we wrote
1: this <laughs> <laughs> so. well now they're more complex more sophisticated definitely more prog like you said the fiddle is incredible in this yeah. I, I love yeah. the violin Shay,
2: shane, shane cook did a
1: tremendous did a job. wonderful job yeah and your voice is incredible man it's Thank getting you. better Thank and better you. Thank you. What that's doing what people,
2: right. <laughs> I, that's what people keep asking me. And I don't I, I don't have a logical uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just you know, I try to stay as healthy as possible. Um right. I I stopped drinking uh, alcohol almost twenty years ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um which did make a difference. it seemed like my voice kinda got stronger and my my range mm-hmm. actually increased a little bit, but yeah. Um I don't know. I, I, I try not to abuse it. I, I learned to sing properly in a church choir, so that had a lot of that, I guess, you know. I, yeah. know, I sing sing from where you know the diaphragm, where you're supposed to sing from, instead of through the throat. And, right. And, but i, I, I you I a, a lot of a lot of
1: lead singers have started in in uh, choirs in the church. Mm. You know, Ian mm-hmm. Gillan from Deep yep. Purple told me yep. that he started out that way. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. It's a good place to learn the, the
1: disciplines of singing.
2: You know, the, right. The, the, the the right way. To, what you do when you leave the church choir and mm-hmm. you know enter the the norm the the world of rock and roll and that is is how you apply it. If you that's if you you know if you follow through with singing. So, you know a lot of kids will sing in a church choir or, or school choir. Once they leave either of those, they don't pursue music as a career, so it never really comes up. But if you do end up pursuing it, it's really up to you to take the basics mm-hmm. and then you know create, be yourself. And I mean, I, I remember. You know, singing the first three albums kind of with that in mind, like like singing properly and, and if you mm-hmm. listen to them, I, I, I am. And uh, we went to do Worlds Apart with Rupert Hain.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And one of the first things he told me was, Look, we know you can sing, Michael, that's not the question. He says, Now I want you to forget everything you've learned. And I was like, uh, <laughs> Okay. But and I didn't really understand what he meant at first, but now I get it. He's like you you've got you've got the technique, you know right. you know the, the semantics of how to sing. Now, just be yourself and just relax, you know. To, so. He kind of changed my uh, my approach to singing a, a, a little bit more more uh, more emotional, I think.
1: More emotional, yeah. 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 yeah, 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 definitely. That shows in this album for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to mention some of my faves. Say goodbye to Hollywood. Oh my God, I hear a little <laughs> Pink Floyd in that. Believe it or little not,
2: a little bit. It's funny. It's one of the bands that uh, if we were influenced by anybody in the beginning which we tried not to be in like outwardly uh, subconsciously, of course, but I don't sure. remember ever listening to a lot of Pink Floyd personally when I was growing mm-hmm. up. Uh, but I'm sure that bands like that, um, they, they go in and, and you can't help it, but uh, you know, absorb certain, mm-hmm. I don't, don't want to say influences, but styles, you kind of go, Oh, that, that's kind of cool. But you don't, I would really like to write a song like that one day. It's right. not like that, but um, I'm sure it's going to come out sublim- uh, subliminally here and there, but uh, yeah. Certainly wasn't the inspiration for the approach. Well, you, you were on a
1: Pink Floyd tribute album. The Echoes, you did that, didn't you? I was able to, I was, uh, <laughs> it was great. I was invited yeah. uh, by uh,
2: <coughs> uh, the Echoes peeps. And, yeah. Uh, Jeff Tate all, was on that. He was. I'm yeah. uh, sure myself and Jeff Tate did, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, some, uh, some guest appearances Oliver Hartman's Echoes, which is a premier uh, pink great boy, album, uh, mm-hmm. in in Germany, they do it s- so the band is phenomenal. And uh, I got to sing it live uh, in, at the uh, Rock of Ages festival in Germany, in front of like thousands of people, and it was. They did the lighting thing and the whole thing. It was it was cool, huh? Time. It was great. <laughs> yeah, it was really really cool. Well, you did
1: comfortably numb, which is hard I did. to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you nailed it. You nailed the
2: it. High, sing the high part. I said you you do the talking part. I'll do the high part. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah but all, all the comments on uh, YouTube were unbelievable. I mean, they yeah, said besides David Gilmore, you were the man.
2: <laughs> well, the nice thing that that's a tremendous compliment. I thank everybody who said that. But yeah, um, the nice thing about that was uh, when Oliver invited me, he he um, said, you know, we're going to do the the. I'm going to try and get Jeff and and Major to sing as well. And he left it up to me, so he said you can choose between like these three or four songs. And and I immediately I thought, really? It's up to if it's up to me, then I'm gonna sure. choose the one that A, I'm familiar with. I uh B, I like to sing. Mm-hmm. And I know that I can probably it's within my wheelhouse and my range and and, and perfect and yeah. comfortably numb fit perfectly. So
1: Yeah, and the words are easy to sing too. It's uh not it's not too great. complicated. Not too complicated. Not too complicated.
2: Didn't didn't have to use a prompter, so that was okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: Um, the right side of the other hall, another favorite of mine, another great, great tune.
2: That was that was a lot of fun putting together, um, you know, like these mashups and and finding two or three songs that really you know married well. It doesn't always always work because um, you would think, well, that'll fit into that because it's they're both three fours, but mm-hmm. uh, a three four played a certain way and a three or four play a different way they don't match just because the time signature is the same you got to get the same vibe going and you've got to get uh, and the keys have to uh, sometimes you have to alter them but uh, yeah. those the, those combos seem to work really well it was it was a fun record to make it was challenging i mean it was probably i would say one of the more challenging records we've ever made um for different reasons than, than mm-hmm. the norm obviously but uh yeah. but at the end of the day so satisfying when we were finished with it it's like well wow, we we really got something here and uh you can't really tell you know in the middle of it you're, just, you're right. trying to capture the moment but
1: i'm so glad you did it this way i mean Me the too. other way would be more of a rocker yeah yeah, this, yeah. This, this, like I, this is more sophisticated it's you know it brings out the real music the real sound of the yeah. of the songs of right the tracks, right you know? right it's,
2: right it's... It, it does it does it, it really makes you pay attention to the actual song exactly. itself you know exactly without, uh, without the with the audio trappings that they come along with uh, studio productions but yeah i mean st- studio production wise there is still a studio album in mm-hmm. us
1: for sure so Oh, yeah, definitely. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no.
2: You'll have to pry the microphone from my cold dead hands.
1: <laughs> Mine, too. I'm not yeah. going anywhere, either.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, when we were talking about surgery. I mentioned Shane Cook, but I can't – I'd be uh, remiss if I didn't mention uh, – Stephanie Secchi and and, mm-hmm. and Beth Silver on cello, they did a tremendous job oh, as well. So fantastic. The, the three of them just yeah. created this, this this wonderful warm bed that uh, to sing on and, and play on top of. So, yeah, very very proud. Yeah, I hope that. you
1: keep doing, you know, this, this kind of music. I mean, well, uh,
2: they, they, we, we, you know, people have said that the, 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 um, the luxury we have is so much material mm-hmm. to choose from. Right. Um, so there's, there's nothing stopping us from perhaps pursuing this kind of, record, like a part two to symmetry uh, and just choose a, a new bunch of songs. Choosing the right songs was, was the tricky part, but, mm-hmm. uh, we wanted to do, be slightly surprised, you know, like you're going to uh, break down a song. It would obviously be, oh, you'll pick a ballad or you'll pick this one or, you know, mid tempo one. Right. I wanted to, you know, we wanted to pick songs that like tired words, like you can't take an epic song like that and, and turn it into acoustic. Well, right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Let us have a try, you know. Exactly. Well, it worked well with Wind Him Up, which is yes, one of yes, Saga's yes. most popular songs of all that, time. And
2: that, that was a big risk too. You choose a song <laughs> like that, you know, and you're talking about either on the loose or wind him up. You're talking about your serious airplay, like chart charting songs, so singles basically. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Well, you don't want to go touching that song. <laughs> that's, uh, that's where it was important to keep as many of the key elements as possible right. without you know, change it. But don't try not to lose the integrity of the original song. That was right.
1: the tricky part. Well, I, I like this version much better. I I got to tell Thank you, man. Thank I'm, you. Thank you. You know, I do. A, I,
2: do have, I do.
1: After all these years of singing it the same way, so <laughs> I, know, it's, I know it's nice <laughs> for me too. You know? <laughs> you know what? Some of these songs remind me of. They're kind of a medieval a feel to it. I like "Wind Me Up." I could hear that on Game of Thrones. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, Very Renaissance. You know? or very, uh, yeah, yeah,
2: very, yeah. Very Renaissance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. It's funny because uh, in the beginning, you know, like speak of pigeonholing the band and that kind of Mm -hmm. thing, trying to nail our our sound. Um, In the beginning, we got asked so many times that we just said, "Well, just call it medieval funk." Medieval funk, (laughs) yeah, and that's that's we label ourselves a medieval funk band in the early days, because the the medieval came from that kind of English Celtic. uh, Yes, I mean Gentle Giant was a massive. uh, inspiration for myself and Jim Crichton. Mm-hmm. Um so you know you got the medieval counterpart thing and then you've got the funky part which came I think originally Steve Nagus, mm-hmm. the original drummer, was uh from like an R and B background. So he kind of brought right. the fun and you married th- those two together and you've got this hybrid style that people like, what is it exactly? You
1: know <laughs> Yeah we had some of the guys from General Giant on the show. They're they're pretty cool guys. Excellent. Yeah. Um, another band Kind of with the acoustic thing that uh, brings out the, the best of their music is yeah. the Straubs. The Straubs is another good band that uh, does uh, that. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Their music lends yeah. itself to it beautifully. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly right. Uh, Pitch Man, another great tune. Um, the Perfect Time to Feel Better. Another minute of evil feel. Um, mm. Images, a beautiful track, very spacey. Kind of now you see. Also, now you see yeah.
2: that that one. That one I, I definitely um, had to adjust the way I approached the the diverse okay. uh, the, the because the melody is slightly different. I had to treat it differently.
1: Right.
2: Um, it was just that It was on me again to to try and reinvent it somehow. It couldn't be exactly the same way it was. Um, hence the new uh, you know the, the new approach to the melody. So, but Wind 'Em Up, I have to say, is probably one of my favorites on the album. I and, love it. And it's not just because my son does a guest vocal on it. Oh, no, okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's what I, I mean, we do Wind Him Up, and, and I was talking about not losing the integrity of the original song when you do these these kinds of treatments. Right. Um, and, 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 you know, key parts and, like, chorus lines and this and that. But one of the key moments in Wind Him Up was the child's voice and say no luck today. And mm-hmm. that was the, that was the, um, the son of the studio uh, owner. And his name was Benji and he was around my son's age at the time. Really, And we needed a child's voice. So we had him come in. And he just said, no luck today. And then it came time to do this one, mm-hmm. the new version. I thought, well, we can't use Benji cause he's probably about, I don't know how old now. <laughs> um, and I thought, wait a minute, I have a new Benji right here. <laughs> and, and so and I said to the guys, "Would you mind if we use Saren to do the um, mm-hmm. the uh, the uh, No Luck Today part?" It's like we assumed you were going to, you know, because <laughs> he, he's right there; he's the right age, and and so yeah, so that's his that's his debut on on in the recording world.
1: Did you do it on one take? He could have, but I made him do about thirty of them oh, so okay. I could oh, choose God. the best one. <laughs> of course, Dad would do that to him. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I want to mention your um always there, which is an official fan video. Yeah. That was cool. I really Very cool. That, that was a great idea you did. That was the uh
2: the brainchild of the, the promo department at the record. Very I mean, cool. They, they
1: yeah, they said to us, you know, for the
2: for the third one for the because we had they had lyric videos for Entired World and Mind About look worked great. I thought they were did a fabulous job. They said for the for always there. Mm-hmm. uh we'd like to do a fan but they explained what they were going to do and they they invited the fans to send in all the vids and they put the whole thing together and I, and i i got really touched when i watched it i got almost choked up because they're you know it's it's a beautiful sentiment it doesn't have to be you know necessarily them saying you were always there meaning saga and the music it could yeah. be anybody but it's just the sentiment of, of your best friend your mother your 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 dad your your right. brothers your sisters your, anybody who's been there for you, you know, but obviously it's, it's, it's homage to the song, to the fans and that, but mm-hmm. they've turned it around
1: and they're singing it to us. And, and awesome. it was, it
2: was amazing. It was amazing.
1: Yeah. yeah did they record the videos and send it into you? Is that how it worked or they sent it
2: to the, the, the record company? They made all okay. the decisions. Yeah. They, they, um, uh, and and it was funny because they they got so many that the feedback on uh, on the social media was like, yeah. well you know I sent it a video but it, they, dude, it? I mean they couldn't use all of them unfortunately right but right The ones that that, that did get uh, that did get featured they were like yeah hey, that's me in the through yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saw that uh, <laughs> yeah but it was great it was really really nice yeah, I think yeah.
1: it was a very smart idea. Very smart idea. The comments were so funny, like you said, that that's me. I'm the third one there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm the one holding the. Uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> it was all positive, all good stuff. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, five stars on the album. I love Thank it. You. I want to see. You. I'd like to see more of that because, you know, I, I'm, would,
2: I'm, I think I think, you know, I yeah. It was kind of at the beginning, like, well, you know, it could be an interesting project, you know, an acoustic record. But then just taking it the next step and going, well, let's really, if we're going to do it, let's do this right. Um, And then you go through it and then you finish with it. It's like, wow, Mm -hmm. this was fun, challenging, albeit challenging. But it's really good. And I like doing this. And like I said, we've got a wealth of material to choose from. So there's no reason, I think, at, at some later point. We revisit this kind of thing. Choose, you know, handpick those, those songs again and maybe make a second one, you know, so. Well, well the
1: key is you had some great musicians on there. Like you said, you know, the uh, the violin player and, and, and all the guys and you had on there we were, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's what made the album, you know. Yeah. And of course, your fantastic voice. Oh, you know? thank you. It, 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 well, it
2: was great with the percussion too because it's not a kit, obviously. It's just, we call it uh, kitchen percussion. It was basically... Right. I think Jim Craig went down to uh, like a uh, an odds and ends store, like a really a Sally, a Sally Ann <laughs> or something like that, and just bought stuff, you know, that you could hit <laughs> and brought it all back. And then Mike Thorne laid it out on a table in front of himself and just said, well, mm-hmm. this uh, we, this could be the snare and this could be that. And So it's yeah. all shakers and hitting pots and pans. And...
1: Well, I, I love it. It's 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 wonderful. Thank it's one, one of those albums you can listen to over and over again. You don't get tired of it. You never get tired of it. Never. Who are some of your influences growing up? As uh, like, a of kid, to, you know?
2: Well, yeah, I wouldn't call the early ones influences. Again, though, this goes back to, you know, you hear music, it goes in there. You don't know how it's affected you until later in a subconscious way. Who knows? Um, I had a very eclectic um, uh, sort of listening mm-hmm. uh, growing up period. I, I, my first album was The Monkees. Really? Uh, yeah, it's the first one. I love the I love the show, and uh, the album came out. And it was I I guess I saved my money I, maybe from my paper route. I'm not sure, but <laughs> I went down and physically bought the first monkeys album. How about uh, that?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, and one of the other albums I had, which I got as a birthday present, I think i was probably 13, 14 years old, was Tijuana Brass. Her album, mm-hmm. Tijuana opera. Brass. They were great, and it was the one. With the uh, whipped cream and other delights, with the one yeah. on the front, <laughs> oh, of course, <laughs> the, the greatest cover. Well, yeah, it wasn't for the cover, <laughs> but I liked. Um, what was the uh, taste of honey? Taste I don't know honey? why. Yeah. yeah, and then I would really like uh, something like The Association, mm-hmm. uh, because probably because of all the vocals. Uh, yeah. I, I thought just thought the uh, vocals were cool in that Beach Boys went by me. I didn't really, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when I started listening to rock, uh, I remember uh, one of the kids from the neighborhood. Got a hold of the first Led Zeppelin album. Mm-hmm. And it was like, seriously? And yeah. uh then, then things started to go kind of in the in the rockier direction. But my first band was a um, was a blues band. Hmm. Just an out and out blues band. Uh, mm-hmm. three guys that were, you know, I was the young kid, they were older than me, they were in their twenties.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, I think I was like 50 or something like that, straight out right. of high school, straight out of uh Uh, The church choir, and I'm singing like authentic Chicago blues. You know, this little white kid from Oakville, Ontario. Is that right? Yeah, Yeah. Uh, it's just three-piece band. The bass player had the harmonica around his neck the whole bit. And we eventually sort of mold became a slightly jazzier blues, and then kind of Mm -hmm. jazz fusion, adding a bit of more rock element. Right. And um, and then I started listening to a lot of different, like you know, uh, Don McLaughlin and, and mm-hmm. that with these these crossovers and you're getting the rock and the jazz but exactly. leaning heavily towards the rock more and more right. um, the drummer came home one day from, uh, he'd gone into the big city, he gone into Toronto and came back from this uh, record store that was renowned for uh, English imports mm-hmm. and he came home and he said Michael, I gotta play this for you I said, okay, whatever and he puts this, this album on, we listened to side one Silence. He turns it over, plays side two, and I remember just looking at him, saying, "I don't know what that is, but I want to start making music like that because right. I don't know what to call it." And it was Gentle Giant, uh, Three Friends.
1: Yeah,
2: and I listened to it. And I just went I, I, again. I maybe said maybe some people when they first heard us on the Toronto scene in the clubs going, "I don't know what this is." Um, same thing. I I, yeah. I was it was so unfamiliar, but in a sense it made in a way it made sense because. I found a, I believe they were called Simon Dupree and The Big Sound, and it was kind of mm-hmm. an R and B, rock jazz kind of fusiony thing, which developed right. into Gentle Giant. Exactly. Uh, so I was already at that stage of just on the verge of taking it once to you know a little bit rockier, and there's your progressive rock. List, so. Maybe that accounts for the medieval funk. The medieval funk. <laughs> the medieval funk title. At
1: the That's the name of your next album, medieval funk. Medieval funk. funk gotta be, gotta I be. like that.
2: Describe your music, huh?
1: medieval <laughs> funk. Too. Okay, whatever. You can get George Clinton on the album. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd probably play on it. Probably. <laughs> Actually, the Funkadelics to me were like the Frank Zappa of funk, you know. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, I loved uh, bands like Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah, uh, I felt yeah.
2: phenomenal. The syncopation and and the, the vo- again, the vocals. You know, anything with great vocals, exactly. And immediately, you know. So, well,
1: great fantastic. musicians too. I mean, like
2: uh, course, Ohio of players, course, those of guys. Course, I on, of yeah, a letter, a letter rhythm section, a rhythm section. Like that, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Uh, but yeah, I. I you know in the very very beginning i i found myself very close-minded went into this you know there's no other music except Prague, you know and, yes. and Prague is the only way to go and, <laughs> oh that's you know oh that's that's that oh i know i don't listen to that and and wouldn't give them a second chance but i, mm-hmm. I realized uh it, took a, it didn't take too long but I, I came to the conclusion that you know good music is good music it, I, right. don't, I don't care about genres in the meantime you know, if I listen to a certain song, I hear it playing. It's like, oh, I love that song. That's, that's really cool melody or whatever. And right. Someone will say, well, I didn't know you like country music. I said, well, I don't as a rule, as a genre. But right. if, if you tell me that's country, then, okay, I like country music. But I like sure. that country song. Because it's yeah. a great song. Yeah. Uh, punk, um, heavy metal. As long as mm-hmm. something's done with some
1: creativity. Creativity. Some kind of thought right. by it, Some
2: kind of passion to it. And you can exactly. feel it. And exactly. they're really
1: into it. And they believe it. Yeah. And not repetitive, you know, and not the same not lyric, 50 times the, in just, a
2: row. <laughs> just for the sake of it. And it's like cookie cutter. This is how you right. make a hit song. You do this, 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 and this. Exactly. That, that many minutes and that many seconds. Intro. Don't wait too long. Don't bore us. Get to the chorus. All that. Right. It's like, no,
1: no. Yeah. You've got to
2: just show some kind of spark of. of
1: exactly. I agree with you 100 percent, man. Um, are you a hockey fan? Being from from uh, Quebec, right? Originally I was
2: actually, I was actually, born. you see, Toronto, uh, well, Toronto, Canada banned uh, origins, but I was actually born in Wales. So, um, I mean, I grew up for the better part of it, I grew up age three, age four, five. Right, right. Uh, in, in Canada. I played hockey. I came across, Did you? A, yeah, I played, I, I came across an old photo of me, you know, the kid having to go to so- uh, hockey practice Saturday morning. I don't know how early it was. He's picturing me on the front porch and I've got my secondhand gear on. And, and you can see, I was really loving the idea of going to <laughs> play hockey. But the, uh, I played a little bit. Um, I was never, um, I mean, I'm more into NFL football now.
1: Are you? Yeah. With the
2: intensity that, that mm-hmm. I would have probably been into hockey just because I was growing up in Canada, but it didn't, it never really grabbed me that way. Um, I do remember, I have a great memory of my dad taking me to Maple Leaf Gardens. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, they were practicing. The Toronto hockey team was practicing at the time. And I guess through his business connections or whatever, found myself there next, to the, like right next to the ice. And over skated uh, Dave Keon and Frank Mihaljevic. Mm. And gave me autographs. And I didn't realize the enormity of what was taking place at that moment. But yeah, so, so, yeah. But like cool. I say, yeah. it never grabbed me with the fever that that, that a lot of people right. have for the sport. I appreciate it. I mean, I, I will watch yeah. like with a lot of, uh, of sports. Uh, I will watch it incidentally, but when it comes to finals, of course, because yeah, nine times out of ten, they will be the best teams, hopefully, and and it's very exciting. You know, same with basketball and so.
1: Well, of course, I'm from the Tampa Bay area, so go oh, bolts. So, so, yeah. <laughs> so you're in a good mood right now. <laughs> We're doing pretty good right now. <laughs> yeah. I say so. Yeah. yeah. I, do you remember Wales at all?
2: I, I I have very very sketchy memories of it. Like really? I said, I I left when I was very young. I've been back mm-hmm. a, a few times. Um, I've, I've seen the, the, uh, sort of the oceanfront. Beautiful uh, like country. What, what's yeah. called the beach. Yeah. I've yeah. not spent um, a lot of time uh, in the most beautiful part of the, of the country, apparently, uh, and seen photos of it. But in the north, it becomes extremely beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I've never had a chance to go up uh, northern northern Wales yeah. But I'd love to take my family. I, I'd like them to see where, mm-hmm. where it all began. The... Definitely. I have I have seen the house where I was born. Oh really? Born on the second floor of the house on, uh, I believe it's eleven Glindwir Road. Yeah. And if that's wrong, my sister will kill me. But I think it's eleven <laughs>
1: Glindwir Road. Yeah. Some of the Welsh ways are complicated. Like the signage is oh, yes. Like yes. really yes. long. Yes. And well,
2: it's like in in, in uh, for example in in Quebec, in all the cities in Quebec, like in Montreal, and Quebec right. City. Right everything's completely bilingual all the signs are, are completely bilingual right in fact i think in Quebec city a lot of them are only french but having said that mm-hmm. all the signs there are in both yeah um and it's it's really cool and i like that yeah. because they're hanging on to the heritage and that's, right. that's really important you know instead so of just yeah. oh well it's, it's you know it's the, it's, it's this it's, it's you know 2021 we don't need the old ways yeah you do
1: that's the reason why you're here sure you know? exactly I always think of Tom Jones and Catherine Zeta-Jones, right? They're both from <laughs> Wales. And, and Richard Burton. Richard Burton, that's right. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins, okay. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, good pedigree, yeah.
1: Exactly. For such a small country, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. All these great great people. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to read a, a quote you said once. You stated that your best experience at a show as a member of Saga was listening to the audience scream "Saga, Saga, Saga" while Elton John was still performing on uh, stage at yeah. Rock Am Ring. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, quite that an was uh,
2: huh? it. Was because uh, you know, it's festival settings it depends on the size of the festival. It's usually on the bigger ones at least two stages, and they're usually right. side by side. Sometimes three. Um, at this particular one there are two main stages exactly you know perpendicular and and Mm -hmm. just next to one another so one band's playing you're setting up the next we were added to that bill after the fact so we weren't actually on the print um, publicity right on the posters and that it was made known I think you know I did we had three weeks notice I don't know maybe that Hmm. Um, but it got out that we were going to be there but the headliner of the day, the only time we could go on was after the headliner and the headliner was Elton John. And uh, we're thinking, A, it's going to be a bit late at that point. B, they don't really know who's coming on next. So (laughs) we'll cross our fingers. We'll get up there. We'll we'll do what we do. And, you know, hope for the best. Right. Apparently. uh, Well, not apparently because Elton was playing, and one of the crew came running over and he said, you, you, you gotta come and hear this, you gotta come and hear this. Instead he of the bottom of the stairs, to go up to the stage. And in between, he had just finished the song and they had started setting up our gear. And on the, the two bass drums was the name mm-hmm. Saga, white bass drum with the big red letters. And and they started chanting every time he finished the song. <laughs> a, a little embarrassing, sorry, it was not, <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. Uh, but it was like wow, uh, so cool. unexpected. Like I say, yeah. we were not supposed to even be on the bill, so that that was a great feeling. You know, that's what oh, we yeah. knew. We we had a lot of support in Germany. We knew that we knew that we were we had something to cultivate there.
1: Well, speaking of that, what about touring in the U.S.? Is that gonna <laughs> it is going to happen? It is going to happen. It's going to happen.
2: you know what a lot of water under the bridge a lot of reasons you can say this and that why we haven't been for you know a couple of decades whatever uh so let's say we are where we are now uh and what we're trying to do is rectify that situation as as best we can we've been on a couple of i mean they're more international but they're based out of florida's the cruise to the edge um yes uh, that's right phenomenal prog rock Mm -hmm. cruise it's wonderful uh which you're doing again in 2022 um but uh yeah we we, we did uh the arcada theater in chicago as well as Prague stock in new right. jersey of in the same week mm-hmm. and just to get a feel for getting back in the states i think at this point what we would have to do and we've been advised this and and you see it all the time mm-hmm. a lot of the bands of our ilk or around our time period uh are going out as a package deal with someone else two or three bands and it, it's uh, Just the way it it seems to be. To go out on our own, first of all, would be probably not very cost-effective, and and, uh, what kind of places would you be playing and that kind of thing. Right. Why put yourself through that after being in the business for you know three or four decades? True. true. Um, so I think the plan would be to look <laughs> towards the states and definitely mm-hmm. you know get back in there. But that kind of a thing, maybe with a with a sticks or a Kansas or that'd a, be awesome. You know, yeah, yeah, a, a compatible evening. Because so, there's nothing like being paired up with something that's just a fit. You know, um, right. so one of the two is going to suffer. So. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, we we are we definitely have plans to. Uh, we've not turned our back on the US, I assure
1: you. <laughs> there extenuating, are a lot of,
2: extenuating circumstances.
1: <laughs> there are a lot of bands that do very well overseas.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, one of them is status quo. They never seem to want to come to the US anymore, you know, and I'd love to see them here.
2: Yeah, you know? I don't know. I don't know how solid a fan base they have in the States. Yeah, I'm not sure. Prob- I, I, they I they, used,
1: to, they used to. I don't know about yeah. now, but yeah. just because they haven't been here. Uh, I know, I know Susie Quattro. We, I've had her on the show several times. Oh, She's really? over in England. She's big in England and oh, like yeah. in all the yeah, yeah. countries yeah, yeah. around there. Yeah, yeah. See,
2: that's a strange phenomenon. Sometimes when you have uh, like homegrown talent, as it were. Right. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to bring this up for a reason. Um, and they <laughs> they do <laughs> they do well elsewhere, right? And not so much at home,
1: exactly, uh,
2: or vice versa. And we were one of those, um, still are to a degree, mm-hmm. but um especially in the beginning and, and and understandably because on the radio you've got uh, you know your songs are playing the the is talking about it and that but at the, by the same token we our first real market that we started um uh really taking off in and wanting to cultivate. you follow your audience obviously in the beginning where you have yeah. followers you go and play for them and germany and and German. you know, europe in general but germany was really taking off at the time right so we were spending a lot of time touring there in the beginning. Right. So every time they talked about it at home on the Toronto radio stations, the, you know, Saga and the word Germany. And, mm. and so it kind of got it. So it came to the point where they were talking on the air one night about, you know, the favorite Canadian bands. Someone said Saga. And he said, oh, yeah, I like them too. But they're from, that's a German band. It's like, oh, <laughs> God. And we found this out in the middle of a German tour. Oh, I no.
1: Thought,
2: oh, we got to get home and rectify Exactly. This. So, exactly.
1: Uh, oh, my yeah. gosh. Because you know bands like April Wine, I've yeah. had them on the show. The yeah. Guess Who is yeah. huge. I mean, you know uh, Burton and um, Bachman for, yeah. for yeah. sure. I don't yeah. know about the other yeah. Guess Who, but
2: so we yeah. were yeah we were doing monster business in Europe and 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 couldn't get arrested at home. I mean that that's extreme, but it yeah. was a really well kept secret, you know. But uh, yeah. or or you do monster business at home and. Right. and Nobody cares about you elsewhere. I mean, Rush certainly did. They did good business, you know, worldwide. But they certainly didn't do the kind of business, for example, in Europe, that they did in the states.
1: Exactly. So
2: it's a strange phenomenon. It's just yeah, and you can never you can never predict it. You know, you can never Mm -hmm. go well. You know, the kind of music we're playing, we're going to be big there, or there, or there. You you just don't know.
1: You know, another country that does uh, big for bands like yours is probably Amsterdam, right?
2: Yes. Yes, yeah. Holland. Holland is uh, Holland is a great country. For, they know their music uh, over
1: in, in they, Holland. They, they,
2: they, really they do. It. They do in Europe in general. They're they're very very attuned to. They are good music, and they're very open minded about different it. styles. They're very yeah. very much. They 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 still have to a degree uh, the attitude of, of anything gets a fair shake. In other right. words, here's you know, uh, it's like I I've, I've spoken to someone recently about this about mm-hmm. what it was like in like. We started in 78. So 77, or sorry, 77. So 78, 79, Mm -hmm. we're doing the club circuit and that, Mm -hmm. which was really healthy at the time. And, you know, there there was a handful of bands. We all played the same place, kind of followed each other around, you know, to these same venues. Toronto was the Gasworks and Abbey Road and these kind of clubs. And at that time, anybody had a shot. Anybody, Mm -hmm. you know, if you if you wanted to give it, it's like a club owner would go, okay, I'll book the band. You do well, I'll have you back if you don't. But at least you got a shot. Sure. Everybody had a chance to show what they had. And it's and it's still to a degree like that in Europe. It's unfortunately not quite as, as as. as healthy a seen in that respect right. uh in in north america as as it used to be such so certainly when 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 we started the band but
1: mm-hmm.
2: um yeah they 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 still they'll still come and see something new without being told what it's all about, and that just by word of mouth <clears> Oh, come <throat> and see here's a new band let's check them out and if if they like you you know you'll keep going back and they'll keep coming back to see you and yeah, exactly there, but, you
1: know. Well, that's the way we used to be. I mean, we used to go to a record store. We well, liked the album cover. We bought it. You yes. know, and try give it a try. You know, yeah.
2: you give it a try, and you go home. You're, you're looking at yeah. the, you know, looking at the lyrics, and you're reading stuff. Exactly. And that. But if you didn't like it, you didn't like it. Yeah. But at least you had a shot. That's why album covers were really important at the time.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. You know. You know. I learned about uh, Super Tramp, Crime of the Century. I liked the album cover. I got that. Uh, Camel. Lady. Oh, fantasy. I loved. Cam-
2: I loved Camel. I Learned loved- about Camel yeah. that way. You know, my uh, my favorite. I was introduced to Camel by a friend of mm-hmm. mine, and uh, it was the album Nude. Right. It was the right. about the the Japanese soldier that was stuck on the island for, I think it was thirty years after the war had, right. had ended, it, and right. he thought it was still on. Exactly. You know, no one told him. <laughs> <laughs> um, Poor it's guy. A beautiful, it, yeah, it's a beautiful, <laughs> album, and and that's how I my introduction to Camel, but yeah.
1: Yeah, great band. Unfortunately, yeah. they don't they don't tour very much anymore. Like they no, used not to. as
2: much as they did. No.
1: And Andy Latimer, I think he's you know he's got some health issues, I believe. But That's, he still is you know. still
2: he has a certain way of playing. He's not a flash player, but he's a no. master
1: of, of beautiful
2: melodies and, and yeah. the sound of the guitars. So,
1: yeah. I, I compare him kind of like a David gilmore you know, in a way. In a way, you know? yes. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, gilmore's not a shredder, but he, he no. plays amazing melodies. You know? Yes. Just got I agree. a great feel.
1: Yeah. I gotta ask, I, I hope I don't embarrass you with this one. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Bohemian usually, usually
2: when someone says that you're about <laughs> to get embarrassed.
1: You started singing Bohemian Rhapsody on um, I don't know where it was. It was yeah. you were playing around with the audience or something, right? Yeah, what, what, yeah. explain that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You, you never know what, what being the, the the front man or master samurai or whatever you want to call it, and you know there's gaps in between songs. You never know what you're going to say from night to night. It's not rehearsed. I mean, that's that's you know that's not the way concerts are supposed to be. You go with the feel of the room and whatever happens. And and I don't know. I just I, one night I just started uh, uh, started into the beginning of it, and uh, you know they kept, the audience keep was just going.
1: They were disappointed because you didn't finish it, and I you know, said, "Come I back know. tomorrow," and you finish it. <laughs>
2: that was unfortunately, funny. We, unfortunately, we weren't there the next day. But, you know. uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, like I say, we, we just do things like that for fun sometimes. It just it makes each night a little bit different, and it's just it's fun. I, I mean, I play bass in a few songs on stage as well with the band, and and, and again, you know, before I'll start talking about it, and so I just start playing uh, the beginning of another one, "Bites the Dust," just for fun because it's right. You know, it's obvious to do it, and they all, and they think we're going to do the song, and we, and the you know the drums will kick in, the guitar will kick in for about six bars, and we just stop. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do the same I, thing with smoke on the water too. Because that's oh, really easy to do. Yeah, I think I would basically just start doing. I, da, da, yeah, da, yeah. Da, da.
1: <laughs> Oh, that's a lot easier to, to sing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> true, true. I'll admit, I was disappointed you stopped. Also, I wanted to hear you sing the whole thing. <laughs> a lot of people have <laughs> wanted me to do uh, to, do Freddie's music. Yeah, and, and you know, I like to hear it. Your, your I, rage, I, you know.
2: I could. I I've dabbled with it, and I could. I could probably handle it, but I. Mm-hmm. I just something stops me from doing it. Like (laughs) you you shouldn't do that. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's funny. Yeah, yeah. What What advice do you, um, or what do you want to say to your your fans right now about Saga and your direction and what's going to happen in the future? What 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 do you want to tell your fans? Uh, Thank you. (laughs) I mean. You know, it's such a, a tired little phrase, but we
2: wouldn't be—we wouldn't have lasted 44 years mm-hmm. without without the support of the fans. Our fans have—you know—it's a matter of longevity, really. <laughs> <laughs> and if you last long enough, uh, you go through generations of fans, and it's tremendous yeah. to watch—you know—two or three different members of the family in different rages coming coming to see the shows. Um, and I do—I do think that speaks uh, a little bit to the timelessness of the music. Uh, because it's not locked into any genre or any time period, I don't think. So I think, you know, you can listen to it at any given time and not, right. and, you know, say that's from 1970. That's, you know, you can say it's from there, that period or that period, whatever. But, yeah, thank you. I mean, I, I, I can't say enough about our fans. They have been uh, loyal to, to the that's, – that's an understatement. And by the same token, um, they're so invested in us emotionally and <clears> – <throat> And and you know telling us you know uh, how much our music means to them and got through hard times and things like that. Right. Um, but they're but they're uh, they're also forgiving. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you we'll put out an album that you know is not their particular favorite or cup of tea, but
0: mm-hmm. they
2: won't they, they won't won't just go oh they've lost it and that's the end of them. They'll right. they'll always go well. Okay, well, we'll just don't make too many of these. We'll wait till the next. (laughs) We'll we'll wait till the next one. Just see if you come around. (laughs) Fair enough, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: uh, uh, I I did that with. Yeah,
1: yeah. I did that with. uh, I'm a big Tall fan from way back when Passion Play came out. I was like, "Don't do that anymore." (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we had. in uh shortly after World's Apart was released we we mm-hmm.
2: spent uh the better part of a year on the road just going from one tour to the next like supporting uh pat benatar billy squire eddie right. Money, um and one of those tours was um jethro Tull, and it was the Broadborst, uh, Broadborst, um, broad borst broad borst um sword and the beast tour yeah right yes, yeah good tour that was yeah. great That great fun great fun yeah. oh
1: michael here's a here's a question i ask everybody and i get some very interesting answers um if you had a field of dreams wish like the movie to perform or collaborate with anyone from the past or present who would that be uh
2: that would be a toss-up between freddie mercury and peter gabriel good choice for, um, for for different reasons, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, Peter, because of his uh, his theatrics and his approach to to that way of looking at music and, and entertainment, right. Freddie, for his just, I mean, the power to be able to make ninety thousand people feel like they're sitting in sitting in his living room. Yeah, um, you know, to, they, they, but without abusing that kind of a power, It's somehow making everyone feel part of the show, even though it was like you know a sea of people, but. Uh, his his melodies and, and style of writing and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, both of them for slightly different reasons, but but mm-hmm. no less inspiring for either one of them. So. Yeah.
1: You know, there'll never be another voice like Peter Gabriel. No, no, or you
2: Freddie. Know, I, or yeah, Freddie.
1: or Freddie. You're you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what makes
2: the difference between sometimes uh, you know who's the greatest rock singer and this and that. First of all, it's a matter of taste, right? It's a matter of personal yeah. taste, and it's not always. Um, the the actual uh i don't want to say talent because the talent is involved in in creating your own style but the the actual uh, technical ability mm-hmm. to sing it's not always that it's not always you know like a steve perry beautiful clean singing that but yeah you know mick jagger i'm not a rolling stones fan but mick does mick is mick and right, he sings right. that way and everybody knows that and he created a, a, a larger than life persona of course but that's the way he sings. He's not an opera singer. He's not, right. he doesn't stand next to, you know, you know, Pavarotti or whatever. And no one thinks he, he can. And he doesn't think he can, that's but that's style. not the point. Yeah. He has created a style and it works for him. You know, yeah. Lou Reed or people like that.
1: Right. Are they
2: great singers? Technically, probably not,
1: No. but
2: it doesn't matter. It's not, that's not the reason that that is so appealing. So.
1: And of course the worst singer is Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not touching that with <laughs> But his poetry, his lyrics. Well, well, there you go. There you go. I guess that makes up for it. He's forgiven. Yeah, yeah. he's forgiven. Exactly. Michael, you have any good road stories? Any anything funny that happened in the in the past? You gotta talk that you're allowed to talk about. That's 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 where the the thinking is like. Well, let me.
2: There's a million. You know, I, I, you you know, you kind of joke about. You know longevity when you've been in the business for a long time. You've done a lot of touring and been in a lot of places, and done a lot of yeah. things.
1: Sure,
2: I should write memoirs. You uh, should. whether you want to call them memoirs or whatever, just memories of stuff and, and that kind of thing. There's too numerous to mention. I mean, yeah. I could get you know. There was a time this, there was a time that. There's no there's no outrageous like pees out windows and that kind of thing. But there's mm-hmm. been you know naked moments. Right, in oh, the, yeah, middle really? the middle of a hotel lobby or things like oh, that. that, that is, or, that's an or. Interesting. or Trashing all the pool furniture, all the patio furniture around a pool, and putting it in right. the pool, and finding that really funny. But it, it, most of it was pretty innocent stuff, you know. It's
1: uh, but I did some what I you know, what you I would guys like did to some do, trashing? I didn't know that, yeah, not really. <laughs> yeah, oh, look, there goes the pool, there, there goes the chair that gets wet anyway in the pool now. <laughs> wild, wild, yeah.
2: But I, I, one thing I would like to do is um. I kind of wish there had been one at the time when we started touring. Um, I would like to write a book like a a sort of uh, road trip uh, one hundred and one for touring musicians. Mm-hmm. Simply because there are things that you don't, there are little shortcuts, a little cool little things that you find out only by, you know, going through certain things, sure. by being on the road and that. And a lot I would have liked to have known sooner. hmm Instead of yeah. finding out my, because there are a lot of things you find out, like say 10 years in a touring going, I wish I'd known that at the beginning, because right. I've been doing this the whole time. And there's just little shortcuts, things about airports and things and travel and that, that, that I think could be really useful. I, you can make it really fun, you know, throw in a few road stories, like you said. You, you, you cite an example of something that you could or couldn't or shouldn't do at, a, at an airport or whatever, and then mm-hmm. you throw in a, a road story to back that up. This is why, because this could happen, you know. So the yeah. way to prevent that, try this instead. You know?
1: Uh, some of the funniest stories I've I've heard on the road was from Engelbert Hopperdick. You know, because when he was, you know, at his peak there, he had yeah. girls all over him and they would sneak into his room and pretend they were uh, working with, with the hotel and you know, <laughs> sneak in through coffee carts and things. Yeah. Like that, you know, Your room
2: service, sir. I didn't know. Room, room service. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm here
1: now. I don't know why. I'm <laughs> <gonna be. laughs> yeah. I haven't had a chance to talk to Tom Jones, but I'm sure it's, his are pretty interesting well, as well. <laughs> I'm sure
2: he's got his share, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Remember, that was the Swing in the 60s. So. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 Michael, I want to mention, first of all, you have 40 Years of Saga, uh, which is released. It's uh, 1978 to 2007. That's, that's out now, correct? I believe so. That's, yeah. uh, that, that's, that's incredible.
2: Okay. I have to say, <clears throat> excuse me about that one. Mm-hmm. That that you know, we've had a few, uh, as you can imagine, over four decades. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there have been compilations and best ofs put out right. by different record companies and this and that. This one, uh, I think, the selection of songs is excellent. Um, it's it really is uh, for a change, a really good, excuse cross section of the career. Um, I remember seeing the 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 uh, selection that the, when it was presented, thinking. Mm-hmm. You know they got it right this time if if i was if i wanted to introduce someone to the band i would say listen to these listen this, to this. this will give you a, a good idea of the... I'm, I'm not well coming up we have a, there, there's reissues of all the the older albums that are, that are happening as we speak um all kinds of things happening during wise and that uh if, if anybody wants to find out that kind of information they go to sagagen.com mm-hmm. Have all the listing of the the new reissues that are coming out. um, Good. What's out already? um, Do a little shopping while you're there. uh, Oh, yeah. All kinds of cool stuff. But uh, that's where you can find out all the info, the upcoming touring, and that kind of thing.
1: And you guys always We we are.
2: We're going back on the road.
1: Good. You guys always had that cool logo, too. So that, that makes a good shirt. Definitely. It does. It does, and yeah. he's
2: he's served us well. He's gone through some uh, reincarnate or incarnations and different versions of him, but but yep. we call him GB.
1: GB, that's
2: that's, that's Golden Boy. Yeah, Golden yeah. Boy.
1: Okay. Or, or
2: his, I guess you could call his earthly name would be Harold. I don't know why.
1: <laughs> I like Golden Boy better. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we just wanted to make him a bit streetier. Just call him Harold.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why Harold we got the best of saga all hits since 1978 that's out and of course symmetry is the latest release which is available at amazon.com right now and which is one of my favorite albums now of all time i really really enjoyed it i'm looking forward to number two hopefully or something similar
2: hopefully And for those asking, there there is at least one more studio album in good. the band. I, I There good. could be more, but I know for sure there's a lot of gas left in the tank, and and uh, especially live, we can't wait to get back out there. But yes. there'll be another album. There will be another album before we're done. I swear. Oh, we you're got, overdue all, for
1: live shows. Yeah. Yeah,
2: but all the reissues are there. Like I say, you can find mm-hmm. out when they're coming out and which live shows we're doing. We've got some chosen the fall in Scandinavia to start. I heard that. that yeah. That, yeah, that'll be our. We're, you know we're back on the road which is great you know when is that the exactly road, there's a when big industry saying that's um starting in october through uh through november we started, okay. uh, we right. start in, fin- in finland which is kind of cool
1: oh in finland awesome yeah. but i was yeah. going to say
2: there's a big difference between you, you know saying we're back uh, on the road and back on stage because mm-hmm. on the road been there done it you know as much as it's it's lovely the first few times and seeing things a lot of the places <laughs> we go uh we've been before I mm-hmm. still love them. They're still beautiful and that kind of thing. But the but the the, the mystery, as it were, is, is kind of gone uh, in right. the time. Um But but it's the going on stage. That's that's different every time. It's it's yeah. unique, even though it's the same set a lot of the times. It doesn't matter. It's unique every night in that particular room and those particular gathering of people. So it's it's we can't wait. I I, I love going
1: on stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I do. <laughs> You know, it's, it's going to be more exciting this time because yeah. people were they're so pumped up to see live music. You yeah, know? I agree.
2: I agree. Yeah, and, and
1: the musicians
2: are pumped up to get back out there. Exactly. And,
1: and it's a very reciprocal. thing. I mean, my idea of a, a perfect
2: concert is very reciprocal. If everybody mm-hmm. in the room I'm talking, you know, the, the people in, in the, the audience, the band, mm-hmm. the vendors, the crews, the right. locals. Everybody involved, if they leave the building then and everyone's in a good mood and has a smile on their face, that's a successful
1: that's concert. what it's, all about. it's not
2: really about you playing the notes completely right. You want to be as good as you can. Yeah, but exactly. it's it's that we spent the evening together.
1: Right. So and, yes. and the roadies can make money again. You know, I felt yes. I felt so sorry for those yes, guys. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. Oh my gosh. Right. Um I want to mention www.saga.com. Uh, saga. G-E-N.com. Saga, com, saga right? Gen, like like generation. Saga Gen. That's the saga official Gen. website. Com. Yep. You're also on Facebook, uh, www.facebook.com backslash Saga Generation. You're on Twitter and uh, also on Instagram as well. so We're all over
2: the place. You're all over the place. <laughs> you can find us.
1: And I want to say special thanks to Gwen, Gwen Sadler. Uh, her company, is, is it Secret, or Secret Ventures? Se- Secret Ventures with Secret a K. Secret Ventures, spelled with a K. Yes. Secret Sir. Ventures, LLC. And thanks to Gwen, we got Michael today. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for letting me out, honey. <laughs> <laughs> no Gwen, no Michael. <laughs> Michael, thank you so much, man, for being on the show today. It's and, been my uh, pleasure. It's been my pleasure. I really hope you come to Florida. And uh, when you do, give me a ring, man. I'll be there. I will do. It.
2: I will do, it, man. And, and it's been a pleasure talking to you. I really, I really enjoyed our conversation.
1: Love the album, man. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. All right. You should. Have best of Gwen. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Bye bye now. Bye bye.
0: Thank you, everybody, for listening to Interviewing the Legends. Brought to you by the Publicity Works Agency. Call 941-877-1552 or visit us at publicityworksagency.com. Specializing in author and music artist publicity plans. We shine when we make you shine. Tune in to Interviewing the Legends. Every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Pacific Time on PBS Radio Station One.